Hello, friends, and welcome to another special edition of Tome Show News. I'm your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brenton. Normally on TSN, we do a short 10- to 15-minute show of short news features about Dungeons & Dragons and the D&D community. Today, however, we have the opportunity to focus on another recent Dungeons & Dragons publication. On October 5th, platinum-selling DMs Guild author Kelsey Dion from the Arcane Library released Bundle of Horrors 2, a collection of four horror-themed one-shots for D&D 5th edition. We covered this release on our, on our most recent episode of Tome Show News, but now we're very happy to have the opportunity to follow that up with an interview with the creator herself. So, Kelsey Dion of the Arcane Library, welcome to our show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, we are thrilled to have this opportunity to have a conversation today with you, Kelsey. Thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, before we get into the new release, can you share with us a little bit about your history with tabletop gaming? Sure. So um, I've been playing D&D for a while <laughs> since I was a kid. Um, so I guess about 20 plus years. Um, and I started off right in the transition from second edition over to third edition. Um, and I just never stopped playing once I started. So it's been a lifelong thing. I, I became a writer um, out of college and then moved into writing and publishing D&D material once I realized that was my passion. And that's that's how I wound up where I am right now. Fantastic. Very good. And uh, are you part of a, a regular gaming group in your area? I am. We've been playing online, of course, because of the way things are right now. But um, I have friends from different places I've lived in the country and we meet online to play Usually weekly, we're on a little bit of a pause right now because we've all been super busy, but um, typically every week, yeah. Sure, sure. Very good. Do you find yourself normally stuck as the DM or do you get to be a player sometimes? <laughs> I'm always the DM. I, it's, <laughs> it's just my identity now. I've, I, uh, I think once you become a DM for whatever reason, it's sort of, I feel like a lot of people tend to stick with that role almost, you know, exclusively. I play maybe 10% of the time. Sure. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I find myself in that same position. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually just played my first game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons a couple of months ago. Uh, wow. I've run more than 150 sessions since 5th came out, but, <laughs> but, but I just played? became a player. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome to the playing yeah. side of the screen, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just now got around to that, but that's how that works often for people who are wired like us. To, yeah. And we're, do you, we're, do you look, and I prefer to DM. I think if if someone really had to, if I had to make a choice about what I prefer to do, I definitely think my favorite role is dungeon mastering. So I can't complain. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kelsey, tell us what led to the creation of the Arcane Library. Where did that come from? Yeah. So I um I had been thinking about publishing some adventures, and the the DM's Guild was a bit new at this point. I think this was in 2016 or so that I was considering this. Um, and, you know, I, I was working in a corporate tech job actually at the time in New York city and I didn't love it. It, it definitely wasn't my passion. And I was thinking of, you know, is there a way to make this into sort of a, a job? Like there are publishing companies out there who do publish their party material and they make it work. And, um, I was going around and around about it. And then my partner actually convinced me to go for it. She like took me to a coffee shop one day and she was like, you have to do this. We're sitting down, we're making a plan. So we took a notebook and wrote out this plan for how I might start moving into publishing and expand it into a little company. 
And I never thought that it would become something truly full-time, like my job, like it is now, but it just grew and grew uh, via the DMs Guild and then into some um, self-publishing stuff that I sell through my website exclusively. And that's that's become the, the Arcane Library, the company, as of today. Mm. Okay. Well, up until and, today. Yeah, so about when did that start? I, I found you less than a year ago, but about how long ago did that begin? So I started writing in late 2016 and then published my very first thing on the DMs Guild in early 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Very good. And uh, how many total products would you say you have available? I have, I want to say, 16 adventures, roughly. Um, and then a, a lot of um, supplemental things. So maybe 10 or 15 other supplemental, like game aids, um, like printable cards and uh, a GM screen. And then like a couple swag things, like some fun shirts. I have a fundraiser shirt that um, is in honor of clerics and it's helping raise some money for um, getting PPE for frontline healthcare workers. So. Okay, fantastic. Very good. Uh, of all your products, what has been your biggest success? Ooh, I guess, you know, that's a good question. How, I guess it depends on how you measure success. So the the most downloaded product that I have is um, the Secrets of Skyhorn Lighthouse, which is an adventure on the DMs Guild. Um, and that's been downloaded about 100,000 times, which is just boggles my mind absolutely boggles my mind um and then i think as far as commercial success like something i have for sale since that that adventure is free which probably contributes to its high download amount Mm -hmm. um i think the horror adventures i have a bundle of horror set of one shots from a couple years ago um and that one has been very well received so oh Okay. See, I'm I'm surprised. I thought you'd say corruption at Skyhorn Lighthouse because I saw that you posted that it it went platinum fairly recently. But uh, so the the other ones have done even better. Okay. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because um, I only publish some. I have um, the minority of my stuff available on DMs Guild. Like I'll publish something on there occasionally. Um, but the the platinum ranking system, I think it has to break a thousand sales to go platinum, which is still mm-hmm. like. I was I was blown away when that happened. I was so pleased. Um, but yeah, I don't have a ranking system for my other stuff. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not on DMs Guild, but they they would, yeah, they've they've actually sold better than platinum if you can believe it. So that's fantastic, man. Good for you. I I didn't know that. That's good. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, it's it's not my business. You're not required to post your your sales numbers on your website, so I don't know. But <laughs> that's great. Oh, I know it would be weird. Like I'm giving myself a platinum medal, you guys. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Look what I did. Oh, no. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So, Kelsey, uh, I noticed uh, as I was looking through your library that, uh, and I'm sure other people have asked you about this in the last year or so, uh, one of your stories is called Treaty of the Tiger King. Yes. It was before <laughs> the Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, I checked the date on it because I just had to know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was, I was just, again, couldn't believe it. I was like, of course, the Tiger King is a a name that now no longer belongs to me, but that's okay. Honestly, it probably just got more eyes on my work, so I have to say thank you to the Tiger King for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has has anyone asked you if the principal villain is Carol Baskin? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I might even need to write, like, a follow-up adventure with an ode to Carol Baskin in it or something, because... (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. 
<laughs> very, very cool. Okay, and also I noticed that uh, you've got a level twenty adventure on your store. Uh, your 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 listings for levels go one through eight and then twenty. Uh, what led yeah. to you choosing to write a level twenty story? And tell us tell us a bit about that story. Oh, thank you for asking. That's actually an interesting reason. I I had just started publishing when I wrote that adventure. I had two adventures out in the wild, and both were available for free, so I hadn't tried to sell anything yet. Um, and they were both lower-level adventures, and so I have sort of a particular format that I use with my writing um, that's a, I, a little bit unusual. Um, I lay out the page pretty differently than people might expect to see in a standard adventure. Um, and I thought, I have to test whether this formatting actually can scale all the way up to level 20. Because if it can't work at level 20, then I don't want to start to build a brand based on this presentation style if it can't mm. support all styles of the game. So mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm going to write a level 20 adventure. Um, and it happened to line up as well with the um, Extra Life um, huge fundraising event that happens every year. So I was like, my goal is to get this written for Extra Life this year, um, have it contribute to charity, but then to test the boundaries of how I can write these things and it it panned out. I'm so happy to say that I was able to write a 20th level adventure using my kind of weird formatting. And that's, uh, it was very uh, validating, I guess, for for my decision to keep writing. So, mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. so, you, so that was a successful test of your particular style to write at that level. Yeah, it was. And, and oh, and you would ask the, it, it's about a super volcano on mm. the, elemental plane of fire and of course it's being inhabited by one of the most fearsome foes in dnd it's an ancient red dragon so mm -hmm. um there's a big climactic fight against an ancient red dragon that was a lot of fun to write so that's yeah. very cool so uh you mentioned your presentation style now i've i own maybe seven or eight of your products and nice. you know i've read them all so i'm familiar with what you're doing and I like it a lot. I, I, I think your style is very, very good. At least it clicks with my brain very well. Uh, so I know how I would describe your style, but how would you to describe your style to our listeners? Uh, what sure. makes your, your approach a little distinctive? Yeah, I, I think I try to make the style um, very referenceable at the table. Is that a word? Referenceable? <laughs> um, but I try to write things in such a way that it divides out, you know, what information you can tell the players, what's a secret. Um, I use bullet points and bolded keywords um, and hyperlinks to to rules online, which for me, I, you know, honestly, the reason I write things that way is because that's how I would write my own notes when I was prepping pre-written adventures. Um, and I, I thought to myself, why don't I just try to translate my adventure into this style already? Because I'm sure I'm not the only distractible DM with very little time who needs to be able to look at a page and really get the information needed immediately. Um, and I, I keep all the encounters to one page maximum so that you don't have to flip back and forth to find what you need, hopefully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Kelsey, something else noteworthy about your approach is I've seen that you have done uh, introductory videos for for potential buyers. For Have you done it for every adventure you've done or just most of them I, I didn't specifically count yeah I've done one for every adventure um the the quality hopefully increasing as time went on because my first ones are these like grainy poorly lit like in a bedroom <laughs> videos mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's good well I think that's a great tool too because that's a that's a you know these days 
the internet is the the window shopping or the front porch where you just glance in and see what's up and uh I don't see many people doing that, and I think it's a very wise move on your part where somebody can watch a 10-minute video and get a real good snapshot of what the story is doing. Thank you, and it, I, yeah. I hope it helps. I've, I've heard that people say it's very helpful, and so I, I try to give insights into why I wrote things certain ways because sometimes with limited space in the adventure, you can't you, – you, what you communicate to the DM has to – fit within a certain space there's only so much attention span and mental energy a dm can give to reading stuff at the table and so i try to go into a little bit of the whys behind what i write so that maybe that can come across better than for dms who are running the, the adventures mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh, another question with the visual presentation of the adventures um man who is your artist are you using the same person for the most part or are you using multiple people i didn't specifically I, I looked at names but i didn't check every single document to see if you're using the same artist for everything it varies for sure mm-hmm. you know and it's it's so funny art is probably one of the most difficult elements um but i've done things from commissioning custom pieces all the way to using um stock art there's there's mm-hmm. actually a lot of good quality stock art out there these days um and so I, I, everything I publish has some quantity of stock art in it for sure. And um, I, I do, I would try to work with professional cartographers as much as possible because I think mm-hmm. that's, um, it's absolutely worth investing in good cartography if you can. So that for me is at least half the budget for art goes to cartography on each adventure. Sure. Well, I think that's a good move. And, and man, your stuff is just visually stunning. It looks so good. Uh, and that's, that's something that a lot of people aren't doing as well you know there are plenty of people who are really really excellent wordsmiths but (laughs) this is a visual medium nonetheless you know and uh and your yeah your 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 cartography has been spot on my my fact my teenage daughter uh who is 16 and does not give a flip about Dungeons and Dragons at all. Uh, my older sons both play, uh, but this daughter does not. And uh, But I was flipping through one of your adventures, and I came across a map, and she was so struck by it, she asked me to screen capture it and text it to her. Cause she wow. It. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is a huge compliment. I yeah, that's a big win. I'm so right happy. There. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm yeah, going to tell the cartographer that, so yes. he'll be happy. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please do. I, yeah. If you, if you impressed Hannah, then you're, you're, you're in business for sure. Well, thanks so. Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about specifically the product that has brought us together today, Kelsey, uh, which is uh, bundle of horrors two. Uh, walk us through what bundle of horrors one was, and then just walk us into two and describe horrors two to us. Yeah, so it's really funny. The the first bundle of horror kind of came together without me planning it a couple years ago. Um, I had the extremely good luck to get involved in writing a horror adventure for the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond, Virginia. Um, They had been wanting to put on a live stream um, sort of as a fundraiser for the museum. And um, through some mutual friends who were going to run the live stream, they reached out to me and asked me to write an Edgar Allan Poe tribute adventure. Um... And I had so much fun doing that. That became Mask of the Worms, which is the first level adventure and the first one in the bundle mm-hmm. of horror. Um, and then the next year came around and they wanted to do it again. So I was like, okay, I'll write a follow-up adventure. And that became the second level one. Um, and then at that point, I started to to realize maybe I should turn this into a series of some kind. Um, and so I had two other horror one-shots that, that fit well with the themes. Um, and I combined them into this bundle. 
and it did super well. People really love horror, I guess, and um, it was different, a variety of genres of horror. So, you know, Victorian and Edgar Allan Poe style horror, and then in a couple we had more grim dark and a little bit of like cosmic horror in one of them. Um, and it, I honestly had so much fun writing them that I thought, you know, this year for Halloween, I want to continue this trajectory. Um, so we had Adventures Levels 1 through 4 in the very first bundle, and then the second one now is 5 through 8, so that people could continue all the way through and have, like, a completely horror-themed 1 through 8 experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Now, is so so you've done eight horror stories, and that's about half of your overall products. Is is horror a, a favorite genre of yours, or did it just happen to fall that way? You know, it's, um, I never thought that I would be a horror writer to this degree. Um, I, I love writing it because narratively it's a really fun genre to write because there's a lot of foreshadowing and mystery and a lot of vibe. Just, you know, horror comes along with this really cool vibe that you can pull from, Mm. um, which might be why you, I know, I remember we talked about this actually over email that you and I both love Curse of Strahd. Yes. And so much. It's actually my favorite campaign path for fifth edition. Um, and there's just something about the vibe of that horror filled landscape that, that adds so much to the adventure. And so I really enjoyed that one writing and I'm honestly, I'm such a baby in real life, like actual horror. I, <laughs> I can barely sit through a horror movie without crawling up the wall, but, um, but I love writing it just because mm-hmm. of the structure and the tone. So Gotcha. So you don't mind scaring other people. You just don't want to be scared yourself. Yeah, I'm that kind of person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's great. That's great. Cool. So can you give us maybe with a bundle? Of, so first of all, I apologize. I've probably called it bundle of horrors eight gazillion times in the past two weeks as I've been working on this stuff. And uh, I see that it's bundle of horror. Singular oh, horror, oh. not many horrors. Okay. It's, there's several horrors throughout, so that's absolutely valid. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So with Bundle of Horror 2, could you maybe walk us through and give us a, a brief elevator pitch of each of the four products in that? Sure, sure. So the first one in there is a fifth-level adventure called The Snow Stalkers, and um, it's kind of a, a frozen um, missing person story. So... I know icy adventures on, are on everyone's minds right now because of Rime of the Frostmaid, and so that sort of inspired me a bit. Um, and that one also was inspired a bit by a real-life um, mystery called The the Mystery of Jet Love's Pass. Hmm. So if you want to get creeped out, look into that, because that is a scary, scary unsolved mystery. Um, but that was the fifth-level one. And then the sixth-level one is a sort of cult... Um, murder mystery again um called beneath the black rose and Mm -hmm. that one takes place in a a hotel an inn and again was a little bit inspired by the real world events of this mystery in the u.s called the black dahlia murder Mm. again if you want to be freaked out uh don't say i didn't warn you it's a little it's a little (laughs) scary the the pictures don't look at them unless you're steeled yourself but um that one was a big inspiration for that adventure. And then, let me see, the seventh level one is The Curse of Wardenwood. And that one's kind of about a misty forest with some uh, rescue opportunities and the players trying to figure out some sort of supernatural thing that's going on, having to do a little bit with witches and werewolves. And finally, the, the last one is called The Horror Within. 
the horror within and it's it's a very egg like cosmic horror like lovecraftian mm-hmm. situation where the the whole instigating event is that there's this theater that everybody went to an opening night show for and it, the theater itself had kind of fallen out of favor in the city so they were very excited to be putting on this brand new show and everybody who attended the performance went mad and so the players are trying to figure out what caused this can they stop it can they rescue these people who are all driven insane by whatever happened during the debut night that's very cool, and that that's very appealing to me. I'm a big Cthulhu fan, Cthulhu Mythos, and especially Haster, the King in Yellow. That's my jam right there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. very cool. Good, good. So uh, so that kind of covers the product that's just come out. Um, can you tell us about some of the, your future plans for Arcane Library? Yeah, I'm I'm writing more adventures for sure. Um, that's something I didn't release a ton of adventures um, this past calendar year. Um, but I've had a lot of them in the works. So I have another set of four due out um, probably before the end of this year. Mm. Um, and those aren't really themed, but they're like full length adventures or a little longer than one shots. And um, I'm going to try to write a couple more sets of those throughout the beginning of next year. So it's it's definitely adventure time at the Arcane Library. Good, good. And uh, I feel like at one point I saw you tweet something about stringing something together that might be a one to 20 full blown deal. Is that what this is that you're? Yeah, that in fact, that is these are I decided not to write a campaign one through 20 Mm -hmm. quite yet, because I think even Wizards of the Coast, um, you know, has to has to put it all all of all their effort into writing even a one through 10 style campaign. It's Mm -hmm. an enormous undertaking. So. Um, what I'm working on is going to be isolated adventures that go um, one through 20. So there will be one for each character level um, mm-hmm. and they could be loosely connected potentially, but I didn't want to like force a lot of narrative structure on something that large um, mm-hmm. quite yet. I might try to do something with a smaller level range uh, first before I were to do something quite that big. So Sure, sure. No, I, I completely understand that when we're doing creative work, I, I always feel the need to, build up my muscles in a certain mm-hmm. direction before I take on something like that. And I've done that yeah. many times and over the course of my own life. So that, that makes complete sense to me of maybe I write one, you know, a bunch of one shots from one to 20 and then maybe we start grouping them and maybe, you know, that, exactly. that resonates with me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But I'm glad you're doing some higher level stuff. Cause there's just, there's not much out there. And, uh, and I guess that reflects what parties are actually doing, uh, is, yeah. is my assumption. Um, you know, I have to assume that that's what people want because Watsy isn't making stuff that runs up to 20 very often. Uh, so presumably they, they know their own audience and what people want. And, uh, yeah. but, but I, I would love for there to be some more upper level stuff. Cause what I, what I end up doing with my group is I've been with the same group for six years and we, uh, we run the, the one to 10 adventure or the one to 12 or one to 15 adventure. And then, you know, there's just, yeah. and we're done, you know, and, and it's uh, over. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, Lewis. And it's, it's also the, I've noticed this too, that above 15th level, I think that people really enjoy actually doing one shots too, because, mm-hmm. um, not, maybe not all campaigns will reach that level of course, but, um, people really enjoy that power level and getting to, you know, make a one-off character for like a one or two session adventure and really try out being superheroes. And, um, that's one thing I've noticed. I mean, I think that there's not enough material to really 
support that. And I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see more opportunities for people to do that. So it's a big motivator for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fishing around right now. I'm running uh, Storm King's Thunder for my group, and they'll finish at 11 or 12, but I would love to run those characters a little further. But, you know, I don't do much homebrew stuff. I'm I'm super, super busy, and uh, for whatever reason, I'm fairly skilled in adapting the the pre-made stuff, and that's usually what I like to do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always hunting around for, okay, what can I do to add two more levels to this thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good. So, Kelsey, you already mentioned one way that people can get a sample of your work, which is that you're giving away Secret of Skyhorn Lighthouse for free on uh, DMs Guild. But uh, I happen to know there's at least one other way people can get another sample of your work. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, thank you. It's um, I offer a first level adventure for free if you join my newsletter. Um, and that, that kind of started off as a way for people to sample my stuff, because I know the way I write things is a little bit different from the norm. Um, but it's turned into kind of a well-loved thing. Like you get Temple of the Basilisk Cult, the first level adventure when you join up. And I really love that adventure. It was, it was honestly one of my favorite ones of all time to write. So I hope Mm. people get as much out of it as I did writing it. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, so Kelsey, uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. How can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me at um, thearcanelibrary.com, first and foremost. Um, and I have links from there out to Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, and YouTube. I am on all of those platforms as well, under the Arcane Library or at Arcane Library in some cases. Very, very good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us, Kelsey. Thank we you really so appreciate much. it. This was yeah. a great chat. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Friends, you've been listening to another special edition of Tome Show News. Thank you to our special guest, Kelsey Dion of the Arcane Library. We're excited to see what comes next from this excellent designer. To our listeners, thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. This is your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brenton, signing off. You'll be hearing from us again very soon. Mm-hmm.